It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Quickly to wall. Wall measures. Deal. Gets open for three. Hey, welcome to the Locked On Wizards podcast, your one-stop shop for Wizards news and analysis five days a week. Uh, the NBA All-Star Weekend just wrapped up with a thrilling finish to the the all-star game between Steph and Curry's team. Uh, <laughs> sorry, not Steph and Curry, Steph and LeBron. LeBron uh, won by three in what happened to be a heated final uh, couple of moments. So tonight we're going to be talking about Bradley Beal's performance at the all-star game uh, and the three-point contest. Unfortunately, he couldn't get it out of the first round there. Had a big night at the, in the all-star, his first all-star showing, though, 14 points. We're also going to be talking about some of the key improvements and key storylines for the Wizards heading into their last 25 games of the season. And finally, we're going to talk a little bit about this potential idea to spice up the All-Star game a little bit with a three-on-three elimination type bracket instead of the traditional five-on-five they've done. So here to join me and break down all of the news over the past weekend and what we've got in store for the rest of the Wizards season, we've got Wizards Extra reporter Bryna Kramer. What's going on, Bryna? So what on, Noah? Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm down near your um, hometown a little closer. I'm in Richmond for the weekend. What's the name of your hometown again? Danville. So okay. yeah, you're about two and a half hours away. <laughs> Not that close, actually. <laughs> so yeah. Bradley Beal dropped 14. He was shooting pretty hot. Uh, did you like his inaugural all-star game uh, performance this evening? Yeah, I mean, I think he did great. I mean, I don't really know what I expected from him just because... You know, especially if it's a close game, the reserves don't necessarily always play as much. I mean, you're trying to get everyone a little bit of time. But I thought he was, I mean, besides LeBron, he was the most consistent performer on Team LeBron. I mean, he he had a really good game. I was really surprised. Yeah, he was was playing kind of, it seemed like some plays he was ready to catch and shoot. Other plays he maybe seemed a little bit more reluctant to just kind of take the shots he takes for the Wizards where he gets open off the screen and just pulls up for three. But ultimately, he had a good shooting night. He had a, a steal, too, and seemed like he was playing pretty aggressively. I'm trying to see if he was the second leading scorer. I think he was. And, I mean, you know, I especially because, you know, we'll talk a little bit about his performance on Saturday night. But, like, every time he checked into the game tonight, you know, he really wasted no time. And, you know, he made an impact mm-hmm. um, every little moment. I mean, he didn't play. I think he played, like, 17 like, minutes, I believe. Yeah. So not Something that like that. So, yeah, that's not that much. So, like, the fact that he ended the night with, like, 14 points, that's pretty impressive. Mm-hmm. 
So the leading scorers for LeBron's team were LeBron with 29, KD with 19, and then he, uh, Paul George had 16, but he and Andre Drummond were tied for the the most after that. Um, Beal shot five of ten with four three pointers. Sorry. I said KD had that much. It didn't seem like that. Yeah, he was scoring kind of quietly when like um, Kyrie was kind of going on his spurt at the end of the game to to force that comeback for Team LeBron. A lot of his assists were to KD. Yeah, I mean, and Bradley Beal, apparently, I'm looking on Twitter right now, shot 50%, so that's pretty right. good. Right, 4 of 8 from downtown, too. Yeah, definitely not a bad start. Uh, definitely better than his three-point uh, contest performance where, I mean, he hit 15, which isn't bad, but how close was he? I think he only beat Paul George, is that right, in the first round? No, he beat Paul George and Kyle Lowry, Okay. Um, and I think that's it. Yeah, very lackluster after he made it to the finals um, in 2014. Yeah, no, I think, you know, I was reading, you know, he said something to Candace uh, Buckner from the Washington Post about, you know, he's like, well, maybe I overpracticed. <laughs> um, and, I mean, I think that kind of, you know, I'd read a couple things, too, from other players. I mean, I was reading something last night about Devin Booker had made a quote that he had said the same thing when he went in the first time in 2015, 2016. Um that he thought he had over-practiced then, and so for this round, he didn't practice at all. Like, he didn't practice going into last night, and then he ended up winning. Mm. So, like, maybe that does have something to do with it. I don't know, but... Yeah, so knows? Booker but yeah, hit, it was kind of lackluster. Booker had a, a record 28 in his uh, final round. I'm, and what's the most you can get? There's one rack that's all money balls. Is it out of, like, 36 or something? I know it's higher than 30. Um. Yeah, it's definitely... So there's 25 Maybe 40? No. Yeah, I want to say forty. Okay. I don't know for sure though. Yeah. But yeah, twenty. I mean, twenty-eight's the highest um, that you can, the highest that they've ever had. So that was pretty impressive. Hmm. So Bradley Beal had a lackluster performance. He didn't really do too much in the three-point contest, but really had a strong showing in his first All-Star game. Uh, and it seemed like the the pace of that game and the you know the defensive effort, even though it kind of faded in and out, but by like the fourth quarter, it was. It was pretty heated between LeBron and Embiid, and then, of course, like, Irving was going right at Curry back and forth, and Harden was kind of trying trying to prove his MVP status at the end of the game. The, the Team Curry was down by three with, like, ten seconds to go, and Harden attempted that game-winning three but couldn't hit it, and then the final possession, Curry and, uh, who did he find in the corner? But they couldn't even get a shot off, so, of course, it it's, it's an exhibition. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So yeah, what no, did you I, think of the energy? I thought the energy was really good. I mean, we were just talking about it just very briefly. But, yeah, I thought it was really good. I thought – I don't know whether it was really the format or the charity aspect or whatever it was that kind of pushed them to be more competitive. But I definitely felt like this was the most competitive game we had had in definitely a couple of years. Well, thanks for the all-star recap analysis. Uh not a bad showing for Bradley Beal for his first time. Um, could have done better in three-point contest, of course. But we're about to take a quick break and talk more about the keys to the Wizards' uh, second, not second half, but maybe the, the final 25 games of the season. They're still battling injuries. So we'll talk about uh, what the, the big storylines are there. So stay tuned to the Locked on Wizards podcast, and we'll be right back. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league 
helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, welcome back to the Locked On Wizards podcast. I'm your host, Noah Getzel, and I'm here with Bryna Kramer from Wizards Extra. You can find her on Twitter, K 13 Is that right? At K 13 Yep, that's right. Cool. So, All-Star break is over. The Wizards get a few days off. Uh, it's Sunday night. Their next game is against the defending uh, Eastern champions, uh, Cleveland Cavaliers, with their new look on Thursday. And the Wizards have quite a tough stretch throughout the rest of uh, February and into March. So for me, I think health and the small rotation that the Wizards have been playing with and whether they make any roster moves is kind of going to be the the two key focal points for the team uh, the rest of this regular season. And then another thing is just the team's mentality and focus because they've been all over the map this year in terms of you know, playing up for the Rockets and the Celtics and, you know, taking care of business there and then having some awful games against teams like the Nets and the Suns and the Mavericks and LA Lakers. So what do you think the Wizards need to focus on most for the, for the remainder of this regular season? You actually took my two key points with the oh, ones man. I had written my down. Were, yeah, no, it's fine. I had, I had written down health and I had written down similar to mentality. I had written down just, you know, like focus on one game at a time um because I feel like especially like with health I mean hopefully like John Wall obviously is out for I think it's another I think he's not expected to be back till like mid end of March so we still have at least another couple weeks without him um and then you know Tim Frazier got had surgery on his broken nose the other week um I know we were missing a couple people people for illness in the Knicks game and so yeah I just think health is really important I mean it's gonna be important to make a push and so you want to you're gonna want to give it all you got but like at the same time like sacrificing that for health is not important um so that was health was a big one for me but also I think the most important one even maybe beyond health especially for the Wizards is really taking it one game at a time because like you said they have a tendency to kind of be like, oh, well, we can look past these next couple of games until we get to, like, the Warriors game next week. Whoa, no, 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 no. Like, you can't do that. Mm-hmm. So, I think, yeah, I think it's really just the mentality and looking every single game at this point matters. Right. There's only 400-something NBA players in the league, and if you're going to take the night off, that your opponents definitely aren't. So there's been a, far too many games where the Wizards – fall behind, you know, allow like a 30-something point first quarter and just come out slow, stuck in molasses out of the gate or out of the second half. And they've been blowing leads and, you know, not not taking care of the wins that a perennial playoff team should be winning. So we'll see what happens. They've been playing a lot better recently with the higher sense of urgency with Wall being out due to injury. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see what kind of Wizards team shows up for the rest of this incredibly difficult schedule uh they've got the Cavs and then I believe the Sixers and um Golden State Warriors the next three opponents at least at, at the Capital One Arena so we'll stay tuned to check out um how the Wizards do of course Wizards Extra and Locked On Wizards will be giving you post-game analysis in-game tweets uh post-game 
uh, interview videos and podcasts to, you know, fill all of your needs for as a fan. And we're going to come right back to talk about uh, our last segment, which is the potential to even continue to improve the all-star format. Um, not a lot of people are watching Friday night, so we'll see what kind of options there are to, to make things a little more exciting. And there was a ESPN article today talking about like a three-on-three cup, World Cup of three-on-three uh, with also 24 players that we'll talk about in just a sec here on Locked on Wizards. Be right back. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are back with the final segment of today's Locked On Wizards podcast. And there was more urgency in the All-Star break, uh, All-Star festivities, especially this final game here Sunday night. But we're going to explore options to make it perhaps a, le- a little bit even more exciting. Uh, so we've got, I'm Noah Getzel and I'm here with Brian Kramer. And what do you think of the potential of doing a three-on-three tournament instead of one five-on-five game uh, for this replacing um, our t- current format that we've had for, for the All-Star game and kind of adding a little wrinkle because instead of just drafting one team, you'll have, I don't know, six to eight captains who pick three-on-three teams. It was a idea raised by a couple of big uh, ESPN reporters, Ramona Shelbourne, Kelvin Pelton, Brian Windhorst, uh, Jackie McMullen. They they wrote an article about you know ways to rejuvenate the All Star Weekend. And what what did you think of this three on three tournament idea, Bryna? I really liked it. I mean, I yeah, when you sent that to me, I think I'd heard a couple different NBA reporters talk about the idea, but I think the way that they fleshed it out in that article really kind of made sense. But I think because of the success that you could call tonight's game, I think that implementing a three-on-three tournament wouldn't be at least for a couple more seasons Mm because I think they're really going to focus on now, like, okay, well, this worked this year, so how can we make it a little bit better next year, make, like, minor improvements? I think they're really – I think they're going to really – go for televising the draft next year or even if they don't televise it they're gonna go a lot of players were throwing out the idea um you know of picking like either at saturday practice or at sunday right before the game you know drafting literally like at half court like going true playground style so i think that would be kind of the next step and seeing how that would then maybe improve the game before we would move on to a three-on-three tournament but i think it's a cool idea and i think and if they don't want to maybe necessarily make that the, uh, like, all-star game itself, well, then maybe you could do something with players who aren't necessarily all-stars, but, like, players who maybe got snubbed or something like that on Friday night. Like, maybe you could just have, like, a three-on-three, like, mini-tournament. Like, something to add to Friday night to replace, I don't know, the Celebrity Game or Rising Stars or make right. the Rising Stars game a three-on-three tournament. Like, I think the idea of a three-on-three tournament is cool, um, especially because the Rising Stars game, I mean, I only got to see a little bit of it, yeah. but, like, it was such a blowout. I mean, it was, like, 155 world to, like, 120-something USA in the end. Mm-hmm. So, like, why can't you take that and make that a three-on-three tournament? Yeah, like, I think cool. that would be cool. 
a series of games are definitely more exciting because once you get to I don't know that twenty point threshold or whatever it is, people just tune out unless there's a big comeback. So if you did you know all games that were uh, like ten minute halves with a five minute break at halftime or something, you could get in three or four of those games. Let's see if there were twenty four people playing. Say you have eight teams of three, you could get in right. um, you know four of those preliminary games on Friday night. Of course, you couldn't see the championship till. I don't know, Sunday after the, the Saturday's festivities with the three-point contest and slam dunk competition. Um, and they were raising the, the potential issue of injuries, so they mentioned maybe like just four teams of four, so you have a substitute just in case something were to go wrong. Uh, right. and, and that's an option, but it makes it a little bit trickier for a three-on-three cup um, when you get to the final day because which team would get a bye if you have you know three games on the first day and then there are just two games that have to be played for the championship, but you don't, you know, want, you want to make sure that, like, if you have the one, two, and three seeds remaining, if two and three play, like, they'd be, the winner would be at a disadvantage unless there's some sort of a break, maybe the celebrity game, or would you want to see perhaps the dunk champion and three point champion going one on one? Dunk champion I don't can know. only dunk, three point shooter can not shoot within three point arc. Not I your mean, cup of tea. <laughs> No I, no, I don't think that one's exciting, but yeah, I just think they're definitely, for Friday night especially, like, I think there needs to be, like, especially after the success of tonight, like, I think tonight, the game is a little, it, like, it's okay for right now. Yeah, just um, I think the Friday draft. night needs the most help, because right. Friday night is not fun. Like, I'm, like, I'm always, like, I'll, like, won't make plans during All-Star Weekend, but, like, if I'm going to make plans on a night during All-Star Weekend, I'm making plans on Friday night, because I really could care less about Friday night. Mm -hmm. And that's sad. Like, you know, I love All-Star Weekend, and I love watching it all, and I don't like watching Friday night. No doubt. One other um, news agenda in the NBA is that uh, there's a potential of doing more of, like, a tournament-style playoff series, and instead of eight teams from the East and Western conferences making it, Adam Silver kind of hinted at the you know, openness to just do a 16 best teams in the league, best records in the league make it, and they have luxurious enough travel systems in place now with all the private jets to, you know, mm -hmm. make it easy enough to just fly across the country. Do you think, who do you think that system would benefit, and are you a fan of, of switching things up to just make sure the best 16 teams make it, regardless of com conference? Yeah, no, I'm definitely a fan of switching it up. Um, in terms of who it benefits, I mean, I think it benefits, I mean, I don't know, I think, I mean, I definitely think it benefits, I mean, I think it could benefit everyone. I think mm -hmm. if you have the best 16 teams in the playoffs, then, like, it's going to benefit mainly, I mean, the fans, because, like, then they're going to get the most exciting basketball from the beginning. Yeah. Like, because usually the first round, like, it's kind of, you know, there's a lot of series that are blowouts, and, like, it's just four games, and it's 4-0, and you're out, like, and that's it. Um, so hopefully if they were to eliminate, and it was just the top 16 teams, and regardless of conference, and, you know, it would eliminate blowouts in the first round. It also helps the regular season out a little bit, because you're no longer just on cruise control if you win your conference, right? Unless you have right. a crazy, like, Golden State Warriors type year where they win 73 games. Like, you're, there's a good chance that, every matchup will, will really matter. And so it could matter from a bunch of different perspectives. But say you are the number two team in the East or number one team in the East, but like there's still someone really close in the West and it can determine if you're the second seed or like the fifth seed in this, this entire standing. So, you know, like every game of the regular season would 
play a bigger role because you're competing against more teams uh, for that playoff positioning. So that could be exciting. And I think it just makes it, it adds, you know, it adds a new element to the, the playoffs that have been stale. And you kind of just know, okay, the Cavs are going to make it from the East. The Warriors are obviously going to make like at least the Western Conference Finals in the West. So this this kind of, you know, the same way that the, the All-Star game switched up and it's like, it's not the same format, but of course it's not all Eastern and Western teams who are advancing and getting to those final rounds of the NBA playoffs. So that, that could be pretty cool. And Yeah, and I, sorry to cut you off, but no, yeah, good. and I don't, I don't know whether this is a benefit or not or whether I like this or not, but I think it's also being interesting because like for this year, for example, in the Western Conference, you really have this like dog fight after kind of the top three teams. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many teams tied with like basically I don't remember the exact number of my head, but like the records are so close between like the number four seed and the number ten seed, like in the West. And I think then in that case it would kind of it would eliminate that, you know, us paying such close attention to that race. But I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing or whatever but I mean it would eliminate kind of that race for the eighth seed that we always talk about mm-hmm. but I don't know I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing and then like you they would get rid of one banner too because you still have your division champs and you just wouldn't have like an eastern conference champion or western conference champion there's just the world championship world champion and, and that's all you have left to fight for um and maybe I don't know maybe they could add some other sorts of competitions and challenges and leagues throughout the rest of the season uh and tournaments because i know like adam silver is a huge fan of how how they do it in like the europeans champions league and soccer so i know they have like ongoing different sorts of competitions with one thing the you know the euro cup being the biggest of them all so we'll see what happens in the future yeah, I just don't think the schedule allows for that right now. Like, mm-hmm. 82 games, it, they're already trying to spread it out for more of the calendar year in order to allow more rest. So I don't think they're going to go... I think that'd be cool, but I don't think they're going to go there unless they cut back on the number of games. And I don't think they're mm-hmm. going to cut back on the no, number of games until, you know, because then, like, the players' union would have such a fit because um, of the money. And I just don't think they're going to do that. So, I mean, maybe not right now at least. So I don't see that stuff happening just because of the sheer schedule of the NBA season. Yeah, it's an, it's a dogfight. It's enduring enough. There's enough injuries, no doubt about it. All right, yeah. Brianna. Well, I appreciate you having, on, having you on the Locked on Wizards podcast, and I'll be seeing you at Capital One Arena shortly. Yeah, no, thank you for having me. Cool. Well, have a good night. I uh, hope you all enjoyed All-Star Weekend, and we hope to see a healthy Wall Beal and potentially some other Wizards back there next Locked On Podcast ad 
free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.